All right, we're finally back. It's been a big hiatus, but we're in Queenstown. I'm joined by uh, Couscous Fabian from the manager of the UR NS UR team or yep. UR NS team now. Cheers, I, hey everyone. I keep almost saying Polygon still when I introduce when I oh, mention the team. You're not the only one. This is uh, where you so, see that uh, sponsoring a team works, eh? Yeah. People, uh, people remember. Uh, Has it been two years? On the NS now, or is it three? We did the uh, two complete years, and now it's going to be the third one. Awesome. I was just thinking about this when we were riding earlier. Because um, you, was it 2012 or 2011 when the UR Polygon team came back? So, around that time? So 2013 actually was when we uh, started riding Polygon, but uh, I came to Queenstown back when we were riding Mode in 2012. Oh, is it more? Because and then was that? Because was it the Peter Marksberg round? Was the first yeah exactly. Round. So yeah. in 2012, Mick and Tracy uh, were riding already for the team. It was their first year, but we were on mode, and that's yeah. that's the break through year of the team where we we won best team of the day in in Petermarksberg. Yeah, and uh, just like you know, that's why I remember it quite well because um, Tracy obviously had done really well what was she on before that orange and was quite young and real like tiny little tracy and then she disappeared and then came back and won peter marksberg on that f first race with the team yeah it was pretty wild it was uh, for her she she already won the world cup before when she was just uh, first year elite i guess mm. but back then it was so hard to get funded it was very like the i think the hardest time for the sports where getting travel expense was uh, something super hard even for someone winning yeah and uh i think she she was like okay you know what it's so hard and to get overseas i just have to get a job and yeah she got a job and uh but what happened with uh, the story behind uh, tracy coming back is um i was talking to mick because i've heard he was getting laid off uh, gt, GT because times, yeah. they moved to <laughs> get the hat turn and and I think he was like still having a year of contract but the marketing manager at the time didn't want to carry the or the current team so he was like I've heard like Mick probably didn't have a ride so I was like look like I mean I don't have uh, much but uh, we'll, we'll get you like some of the best bikes and best supports and um, and he was like yeah cool I come right for you it was like so late in November yeah and then he told me like hey my sister Tracy she's riding again and she's super fast I said to him ah, you know what we get her on the team whatever you know <laughs> and so so we like we got her on the team she was like part-time she was not even supposed to do all the world cup and uh and we were i i flew from france with a bunch of parts took me two weeks to get there because i was flying uh, standby but at the time as my wife <laughs> yeah. was flight attendant and then got some parts and do like a bit of a little team camp trying to uh, to sort everyone in australia and then uh yeah tracy she won the first world cup and uh, i guess yeah. the, the the team uh, started uh, properly Pretty strong yeah, yeah put you on the well it definitely put you on the map for me like say so i think just having because mick was riding really well on gt before that almost winning like world champs a couple of years before yeah and then it was still like really good and then obviously tracy had had that hiatus and coming back and then with a win was like must, you must have been pretty Oh, it was pretty wild. stoked to start off the yeah it's the um, i think i i i still think today it is one of the best race uh for my career as team manager and um, 
Also a racer because yeah. I was racing there. And, I was, well, I was going to ask because I remember I didn't know you until I got to Queenstown a few years later and I remember them saying that the team manager was racing that event. And I think back then it wasn't because you see it quite a bit more now with managers like with Bernard Kerr, for example, managing and racing, but it wasn't as common back then or was there a few people still doing um, it? There were a couple of Frenchie, like, like Ben Reed, uh, I think, did it a bit. Ben but. Reed, Thibaut Ruffin uh, did it a lot for Commensal. Um, also, Pierre Charpiche, Pierre Charles-Georges did it. Yeah. I think the region, generation of a manager rider like us didn't have choice. When we were rider, we were like, it was so hard to get a ride. So you just had to make it happen. So we, we all kind of started making team for ourselves, and then we... Lo- loving the teams, the sports, get all the people. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that that one race in Petersburg, it was so wild. I remember like he was just trying to get everything, like just the jerseys and yeah. the fog. I remember like we had to to buy Fox Fork like last minute. We yeah. could not even get them for what free. What did you have back then? Was it Fox 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah Fox yeah. 40. Yeah. And, uh, and then we arrived like with, I mean, it's, it, you could not imagine how like, ghetto we, we were like to yeah. the first race <laughs> and um and yeah just yeah tracy won me got third i got 16th yeah. and we were like whoa yeah this that's is a good start i guess uh, let's uh, let's do this so you're a bit like duck you know when you see like a duck like across the pond but the legs underneath are like oh yeah <laughs> is it a bit like that because again i would have been what year did we say 2012 yeah 2012 yeah so what was i i would have been yeah just racing back in the uk just watching and yeah as a you know from the the sidelines way back just watching it on the internet you can't tell any of the, the craziness that goes on and it all looks looks good so yeah obviously did a pretty good job there yeah i mean i guess uh we focus on the essential it's um getting getting the guys uh the confidence and uh just knowing that whatever happened we would do the best for them and uh and just Believing in them, giving them the best bikes mm. we could at the at the time, and uh, and just yeah. Then after we just try to be professional, pushing for content, pushing for like a better organization, and uh, yeah. yeah, just making it a, a real job. So to ro- to rewind the clock from there, um, how long had you been racing World Cups before you decided to try and set up the team? And um, so my first World Cup was in two thousand three. Actually, no, in two thousand two. Oh, yeah. I was I was a youth, so before you could race a World Cup um, before junior when it was on your home country, you had the special oh, really? Yeah, I was yeah. like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, and oh, it was wild, you know. Yeah. It goes there, it's just like. <laughs> and that was before the junior, and well, you still had the junior category, but you're all mixed. It was <clears> in no, the final no, results. Yeah, no junior category. Yeah. So well, I was not even junior. I was like under, well, under seventeen. Yeah, and, uh, we were sixteen years old or something. Yeah, yeah. and um, so that was the first World Cup, and um, but then after like two thousand three, two thousand four, that was my first World Cup at, as like a junior. Yeah, were you racing privateer when you were junior, or had you had um, sponsorship? Yeah, I, I mean. Teams? I would say uh, I had sponsorship from uh, from bikes, uh, but it was a private setup. I would go with my parents or with my friend or one of the local club guy. It was it was like a a private setup. Yeah, because I came in, I started getting into it really in about two thousand six. Anything from I what there was a DVD that came free in MBUK magazine, Anti Gravity Two, which I think was based on the two thousand and five year. So anything before 2005 is kind of before my time. <laughs> so what was like, 
um, the tracks probably weren't probably still some of those same venues back then still today like I guess some of the newer ones are obviously things like Leo Gang and well Leo Gang's been around a long time now but yeah I guess Fort Williams Mont St. Anne's and Fort William and Mont St. Anne's the other one has uh, I've changed a bit yeah Schladming around back Schladming I think was the last year was 2009 then he moved to uh, Leo Gang 2010 Um, but uh, I would say the track overall, there, there is some change uh, of track style, but um, it's a bit more like men build uh, section. But mm. overall, I don't think like the sport has changed so much track wise. You know, yeah. you, sometimes you 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 hear some people complaining, ah, oh, it's just a bit too fast, too easy, and then. Yeah. Sometimes you know it goes the other way and and a little bit more natural, but. You can see, like for for example, like a couple of years ago, they changed again uh, Leo Gang and yeah. they made the natural wood. It looked so good until it rained. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> then you rained, and then it's like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, you make natural stuff. You have to deal with it when it's uh, wet. When it's wet like that. It's it's such a hard line to 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 draw, I guess. And I think going into we'll talk about the new changes for the series in a in a bit. We'll kind of stay on you at the moment. Was there? But to that. Like, what do you think? Like, what was your favorite track to go and ride? Because when I th- have you got like a BMX background as well? I was obviously raced the um, the chainless last week and absolutely pumped everyone. But I always see you kind of with those faster flow style tracks. Not that you you obviously really good at tech too, but yeah, no, it's it's. And I do not have the proper BMX background as a kid, but I I did like a, let's say a BMX. Um, couple of years of, of intense BMX when I was at university mm. because um, I was training with Thomas Allier, one of the top uh, BMX uh, athletes of France, like world champ. And he was he's in his final year of preparation for Beijing. Yep. And he was training where I was studying at the university. Uh-huh. So we just trained together. And I was like, oh, you know what? I got back into BMX yeah. and I was like, going to be a BMX track every day. So Beijing, was that 2008? Yeah. So, yeah, I was so you like, training around that time. Yeah, so I, I, I did like uh, two years of BMX and then that got me really good at pumping and scrubbing, I guess. Yeah. So were you racing downhill at the same time? So you did your junior years and then do you, were you going to uni and yeah, downhill I, at the same time? Yeah, I actually always went uh, to university uh, at the same time as I was racing Pro World Cup. So yeah. I, I got a mechanical engineering degree, so I was in Toulouse where there's Airbus, so aeronautical, like just like I was kind of set to to work for Airbus, yeah, <laughs> pretty much like my friends does. And then I, at the end of it, I was like, yeah, I, I love it. I built like some some prototype of bikes and stuff, but yeah. I, I wanted to see something a bit more, a bit different, you know. And mm. I went to um, a business school for a master degree and then uh, I did that master degree as a business and marketing at the same time I was racing yeah and through that just racing and and I did set up the team actually when I was at the university yeah so it was I was like okay look let's let's do it let's do the team um, I'm, I'm gonna do that uh, as early as I can and uh, yeah so yeah. when was your mind? So what year are we talking there? Like two thousand eight still? Two thousand nine was the first year of the team. Oh, that was the first year of the team. So yeah. this is who did you have on that when you first started the team? It was a French guy, uh, Nicolas Ortiz. Yeah. I mean, now we talk about years that some 
you know, I don't think many people would know, but some a wild, yeah. a wild, crazy, <laughs> crazy guy. And then the following year, we had uh, Flo Payette in mm -hmm. the team. So Flo Payette and I, we were yeah. good friends. We did one season. Then he got a better deal, and it was hard for me to keep him. And I had, like, uh, Mick Pascal, 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and then 2012, we, we got Mick and Tracy. Yeah, so that was on Morewood the whole, yeah, whole time up until, yeah, until Mick time. and Tracy joined. How did you find that? How did you find it in the start trying to balance that race manager? Um, I guess yeah, that that balance. Um, or had you through the privateer kind of been doing it anyway? This just kind of made it a bit more official, putting you. I would say it's um, when you don't have a choice, you don't have those, you don't ask yourself those questions. You know, in the yeah. moment, it was hard. It was hard, obviously, because I would just go to to university study and then I will work on myself as an athlete train and then once you know once you normally just watch a movie uh, yeah. or relax <laughs> then I will get on the computer shift for the team yeah and we'll just you know up to so late and just setting it up so it was definitely hard and looking back for sure maybe uh, if I if I didn't do the team I could have like uh, better results yeah. but also now with the experience of um, of a team manager and, mm. and having worked with some of the best, best athletes in the world I, I I don't regret it because I can see why some of the other riders are better than me you yeah know? so I probably will get a little bit better but it's not like I wouldn't not come from like top 15 to to, to number one yeah yeah so it's, it's uh, yeah if you could is there anything when you look back, <laughs> there must be a few times looking back on that, is there anything that if you could go and tell yourself to do it differently in those first couple of years, is there anything you change or is it the sort of thing where you'd, those mistakes only made you better for moving forward? I mean, it's, any, yeah. yeah, it's of course I, I could go back and, and tell myself, hey, uh, go buy some Bitcoin. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> in terms of like someone else. No, 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 like, but you know, up, yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm just... Um, it's it's hard like of course with experience you gain through the yeah you would do things differently but i think i i i do not regret anything because it's just uh i think the way i've been doing things were a bit different from the beginning trying to 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 just not just do one thing but be looking at a bigger picture and and trying to you know, throw myself in maybe more than I could chew, but learn from there. And yeah. then you, you learn, you evolve. And um, yeah, I think overall, no, no regret because it's just mistakes that I've learned, I guess. And to that question then, is there anything, could you, is there anything that you did that, or you changed up and you, that really helped you in terms of the management side of things? And then also on the flip side, anything that you changed up that helped you as a rider to get the results that you're more you felt like you're more capable of yeah i guess from a managing point of view it's just you know when you're managing people i guess if you speak to anyone like there's a lot of challenge in having a company and and especially on on the racing but managing people it is the most challenging thing mm. and especially when you live together it's not yeah. i think <laughs> like a, a normal business where you know you just like see people during the day go back home we yeah. live together we eat together we travel together so you know when there's problems and things like that you it's it's heavy right yeah and so so i would say yeah no o overall 
yeah it's that part was the most challenging part yeah. and i guess if you're competing directly against them as well that must have been quite a, did that ever get thrown in there was there any ever a rider I, I guess you said you had like quite good friends but was there ever a time when it was like you guys you're I guess kind of their boss being their manager and then you're competing against them and if you're getting a better result or you're getting some better stuff, did that ever, was there ever any sort of... I, I mean, I don't think uh, I was... For some riders, maybe, you know, for my... I mean, some riders, we had different type of rider. We had like our top rider, like Mick Tracy, like, and then yeah. we had all the top riders like Alex Fayol or mm. Andrew Nisling, and then we, we, we... I forgot Andrew was on the team. Yeah, yeah and, and so those guys, it was more like, oh, if I have a bad day, I know Couscous maybe can get me. But and you, yeah. you, you and you never want to be beaten by your manager. It's like the last yeah. stuff ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it was not like I was not a direct competition. Mm. Or maybe like one track. Like okay, oh, he's good at that. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I have to make sure. But I, I mean, I don't think he ever crossed their mind. Maybe it was more like sometimes just uh, keeping in the competitive spirit. They yeah. all come to Queenstown, and I know the tracks. And then we're like, boom, we go hard, and I. Physically, I, I I used to be like in shape, so I would mm. go and just like hurt them physically, and yeah. it's just like because they're competitive, yeah. it's just like oh, you know, they don't want to be like yeah. Uh, uh, well, so your ego gets hurt eh, if your yeah, your so boss is being. I, I think it it never like got to that. Maybe, maybe I mean maybe some writers like um, that was kind of different style of rider we had like some years like Dan Wall for one year for example he was mm. kind of a major rider and then I would beat him at some races and he would be like maybe oh I got beaten but yeah I don't think he ever been like really too too much of a worry for those guys yeah because that would be um <clears throat> I forgot what I was gonna say there but I guess just to that point as well just like oh god I've gone totally blank actually what was I going to say? Talk about learning from uh, what, I, what I learned from uh, being a writer, I guess. Yeah. No, I can't remember. It was on that point of... Oh, no, that was it. Yeah, so what was... going? I asked about the one thing that you felt changed when you are managing a team. And then, yeah, that one thing in terms of being a writer as well. Was there anything that you noticed just through the years that you changed that helped you as a writer? Yeah, you definitely... Was it just more like a handful of small things? When, when you work with people like uh, Tracy or Mick, and you, you can you learn from them. So I would learn from a rider uh, uh, while I work with mm. them as a, as a manager. So yeah. for sure, definitely, there's, there's a lot of stuff I, I learned from, from Mick, for example, for Tracy. And and also that that's also what made me uh, i guess stop at some point because yeah. I, I i've seen just the level of commitment and uh, and so and at some point you just like okay you know i've done i've done everything i could as like let's say as a professional yes yeah. and i can i can see like the other rider in the team how better they are than me yeah. and even though i learned from for Mick, I, I would not be able just to catch up from his level. Yeah, if you're trying to compete against someone, to always look at someone and almost like in awe because of how fast they are, it's almost like a bit of a pointless exercise if your aim is to try and then beat that person. Yeah, Especially yeah. in your manager position, trying to make sure they're at the top level and then trying to want to beat them. 
it's always got to be like almost a bit contradicting oh yeah no for yourself, sure so. and, i mean at some point you just got to make sure that they come first and you have to know the you know the priority and you i, I will i will always prioritize the managing uh, versus mm. the writer and um but when i would learn and when i had the opportunity then i would be able to uh, to, to just try to give that edge and yeah. Uh, yeah i think i think at some at some point you kind of feel when you as a, as a as a professional when you just tried everything or you kind of mm. you know you also see the motivation yeah. and and the risk and reward and and you kind of just like okay look i I improve. I try different strategy. I've I've learned, and um, and then you get to a point where okay, the progression becomes becomes yeah. like odd and and then but then the end goal as well. And if you're a professional athlete, what's you know you could win world championships, whatever. But all that comes to an end. Then what you're going to do next? Whereas yeah. when you've got yourself set up in a pretty good spot with the managing what's you may as well start putting those oh for sure so, so that, that basket, was that like a decision that kind of flipped as well or? yeah and and, and be, being like some uh, like i always have the entrepreneur spirit of starting a team or starting a major company and starting consulting and, and like doing all those different stuff and and when you know wh wh when you just see the potential um you also see potential of a project, uh, something cool, but you look at yourself in the same way. I'm, I'm like, look, this is me as a person. I've, I've done like all those cool stuff. And then mm. I'm just, okay, now what is my potential versus the other opportunity potential? What do, what would I get more from, from going from 15th, which, which was like, let's say my highest, uh, ranking when I was, uh, at the world cup, like, uh, uh, to 10th um, to or 8th, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, I don't think I would be more, uh, much more happy. In a better place, yeah. And on the other end, you're just like, okay, you got like this group of people, this group of sponsors, you, you, you can just like get someone to win a title, win a race or... And it's like super exciting. The satisfaction of that is probably yeah, just, and, and the just the same level. just doing something new. Yeah. I, I think everyone's are different. Some people like to, to, to do something for a long time. And uh, I think personally, I, I, I am interested about trying different stuff and learning different stuff. And it's just uh, just exciting to, yeah. to, to do different stuff. So when was that switch? What year was your last World Cup and you decided just to take the the managing of the team fully by the reins? Uh, 2014 was my last Daniel World Cup. Yeah. Uh, that one year, I actually raced EWS full-time. So I was kind of... Was that the first year of EWS? Or it was second? the second year. Yeah. It was second year. So I, I, in 2014, I was like, okay, look, like, Daniel, I'm, I'm, I've, I've done the maximum I could. Let's, let's just do managing and also EWS because yeah. at that time let's say my job I always had like a managing but I was more like a director because I had all, all often operation managers that would have me so it's mm. not like I was doing every little task I always had someone that that would have helped me from like um, the 2013 time we we had like people like really helping a lot of work so yeah so that freed me for AWS, and I did really seriously two years. The AWS was in 2014 and 15, and that was like cool. Let's see something yeah. new, and I did like so top 15, and like was kind of just yeah. same thing. I would be like doing something new, exciting, yeah. 
I can I can get like close to the top ten yeah. and uh, and then again it's just like I guess my personality I'm just like oh, yeah. it's hard to see myself going to the very top so just look at more managing and I would say 2016 was maybe where I fully kind of just let go of the racing and focus even more in managing. Yeah. What was the mindset you were in when you were doing that? <laughs> you kind of transitioned from the downhill to the new discipline of enduro. I, I guess by the time you were tapering off on the downhill, you were already pretty much fully in the, probably in that transition stage of stopping racing to managing. You'd taken up the racing. Was going to the race races then, was, do you feel like you had a different outlook on the race? So when you're coming in, you were still... Were you, were you kind of like more like picking through riders, almost like eyeing people up for potential to ride on the, the team at that time as well as concentrating yourself? Or when you were going to those events, was it just solely as a competitor to race? Always boss, always boss. Yeah. Because, you know, you even if it's two different jobs, it's everything happening in your mind, right? Yeah. So so the ID, the ID and the opportunity come when you do things. and. And you, you're not just like changing cap and not yeah. thinking about something. So yeah. as, a ra- as a racer, I would be like focusing on racing. But then I'm like on the side of the track and I see one guy. Like I'm just like, wow, oh, this guy is just so good. And yeah. then you know, I'm like, oh, maybe we can have it on the team. So mm. I would say it's always been complimentary. And um, I think it's sometimes that things that work. It's not it's not the best all the time, but sometimes you have uh, maybe a different per- perspective rather than other managers that are not on the bike. Yeah, you can maybe see opportunity uh, with people that have like maybe just miss miss something, but you can mm-hmm. you can sit a bit closer, being in the lift with a rider, you know, hanging out with them, talking with them. You you talk with them more like casually, you know, you're in the lift, you talk with someone, you're like, ah oh, man, you know. I have this problem and or, and then you're just like, oh yeah, as a rider we exchange, but I as a manager, I can yeah. see myself maybe helping as this rider fitting in the team. So, mm. so that, that, I think that creates opportunity. Because that, that was one of the things I was thinking before we did this is, is it when you're manage, uh, putting people onto the team, is that solely your decision or do you then have to go back to NS and be like, look, I'm looking at getting this rider and kind of clearing it with them or can you... Oh, it's Is always it the sponsor always have to be involved yeah. because <clears throat> I mean they historically uh, through the team our sponsor always trusted me was, and yeah. and it was never like oh you have to get that guy yeah. you can have to get that guy <laughs> it was more like look this is the project we have yeah. with the team and then we have those opportunity and this is why I think it will work so so always have to pitch it but. Mm. As a whole, um, when something works, people trust you. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's just like as a manager, you're not like a magician. You, you, there's, uh, there's some there's certain thing you can do helping rider, but the rider are uh, alone on the bike, the so you cannot yeah. do magic stuff. Mm. But if you look at the the riders we have, um, we we had like the rider doing. The times they were on the team, they most of the time had the best result of their career. Yeah. So that was something that I think, you know, at the end, uh, people trust it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But in the end, if you take like over 10 years on the average, mm. you know that. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely saw that a bit, I guess, with people like um, Kent Gallagher and Alex Fayol. Yeah. Like you said, they came on. 
And I remember us seeing them sort of elevate to another level, obviously with Alex getting that World Cup win, which probably still has that asterisk next to it with the rain, but a win's, you know. Who's to, who's to say? Like, you can't ever really say, I guess. But how did you, being on the inside with Alex, because that seemed to be, and it's, I think I heard things just through Pinkbike or whatever that, that actually didn't, that World Cup win to him almost became a bit more of a burden. Are you yeah, able to touch on that? Oh, for sure, all? for sure. Alex, Alex World Cup Could, win was very hard on him and he's mm. open about it. Yeah. So I can, you know, he's done interview and... It might have been one of his interviews I heard, and he, <coughs> I think because it had the asterisk next to it with the rain, it, yeah. it, rather than being a good thing for him, he wanted to, it almost drove more pressure. Exactly, and the thing is, Alex was riding the best he, he, he was when he won the World Cup with the help of the rain, and if you ask any riders that rode that year on the preparation mm. with him, it was just like on another level. Alex was a raw talent, like the speed, the control, zero fear, like yeah. fearless, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fearless. And um, and he was building confidence uh, and we had like a mechanic that uh, that one year were doing like quite a crazy things with shocks and he just made it work and he would just like even build more confidence and he was just riding so well and and I'm convinced it would have been like uh, on the podium uh, if he uh, without yeah. the rain. But all of a sudden, you just like you do one of the best run of your career, and yeah. you arrive, you win, and you're just like, what? What is that? You yeah. know? And and it kind of just like I don't think he was ready for this. Yeah. And, and the comment, you know, of on social media on on Pinkback of oh yeah, it's not fair and stuff mm. like. He was, I don't think, ready for this, and his yeah. personality, being someone super, let's say, um, taking things uh, very like personal, personal, yeah. and being like someone very straightforward. You know, it would be like, he don't like something. It's not gonna really just like make the effort and just tell you, oh no, I don't like that. It's just not working. And mm. then he would, but but on the other way, like when something doesn't work, he would like take it and take, then yeah it, it was just like he felt a bit guilty he was like man you know people look at me like the, i stole it like that guilt and, yeah and i think yeah just you know that all the attention and then you put pressure on yourself and then after that <clears throat> he followed up with some good results but not as much and you know the, it's 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 just it was i think at the end maybe not the best for him yeah because i feel like seeing the like the progress into that season that you probably if it wasn't for that race would have seen a podium from him later down the course anyway but that almost that win almost like you say took the yeah. opposite effect and almost put the pressure up too much and made him not ride like himself or? yeah it was definitely mentally very challenging he was he was in a in a in a hard place and um and when you're in a rut you Sometimes it's just if you even if you have your family, you coach your team <coughs> to support you. It's just it just it's just hard and um, yeah, that's that's that that was hard for him. The year before his win, he, he had a podium. So yeah. in uh, in 2016, he did a podium. So he, you know, it was ready to back it up. If yeah, a few ready more. to back it up. But then, you know, it's just um, this is where the personality and the mental side of the sport is 
is is like so important this mm. is this is where unfortunately some some riders who are the fastest on the bike do not translate their fully potential on the race as a career and yeah. some other that maybe not always the fastest but get that mindset that can can block off yeah. some of the issue and keep going and and we with Alex is just like yeah he was he was just a bit too much and then when that circle comes in, then you have all the factors, the outside factors that didn't help so much, you know, with some change of of, of uh, bikes that it was maybe, you know, not 100% sure. And yeah. that, and then, you know, one thing leading to another, you, you just find yourself from the peak of confidence to bottom of confidence yeah. and you need to build back up. Because did he win it? Because um, Polygon, they changed the bike quite dramatically, didn't they, from... Um, to that one of the sliding tube yeah did he win which bike did he win with, on? The, with a normal bike it was the older yeah, model yeah. and then was it that year that a new bike the was coming year. in the, the year after so that like you say after. with that change and then maybe like a little lack of confidence in yeah and that bike was also so so extreme visually that it will draw it will draw a little bit of question and as a rider you know sometimes if you, if you question your bike, it's just like, it's not the best. And then yeah. you're like, ah, oh, I had, you know, and especially when you had the bike where you won, or yeah. you had like the best time and you change, you're like, oh, you know. Because those old ones are a really nice looking bike. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So they went from a visually really nice looking bike. And I, yeah, I think most people, I'll, I'll say the same, like the newer one was definitely not the prettiest bike by any means on the. Yeah, it was different. Some people, yeah. you know, because I rode those, those bikes, so, and you'd be surprised, like, uh, speaking with people, I just loved it. It's just, mm. like, different styles. Different style, but yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, yeah, it's one of the things where, going back to Alex and um, and winning a World Cup uh, with a favor of the weather is, yeah, for him, it's clearly, like, I would say, it, it didn't do, like, good in the long run. Yeah. Uh, but... It is what it is, and he has a World Cup win on, on his name, yeah, and there's people not, there's remember. Not really many names, is there, that have won World Cups since the start. I think there was a Rebel broadcast a few years ago where I think they actually mentioned, and there's like, I feel oh, like it's, it's like under 30 people have actually won World Cup. Maybe not, might be a few more, but it's like, considering there's what, what an average of seven or eight rounds a year, maybe not even, and it's oh, been it's... going for what, 30 years now? There's not that many winners of World Cups. So it to is. put your name on there is pretty, regardless of how you got it. Well, you look at freaking Rob Warner. His probably just got a bit of an asterisk next to his win. Yeah. And look where he is now. But again, he's got that personality, I think, and just doesn't really give a fuck what people think. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's just like... The man. Uh, yeah, he's a man, he's a character, and he's, 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 on, he's on shore, and he's just, yeah, for him, he's... he's I guess because he's with <laughs> everything else doesn't really matter as yeah. long as he's out there and doing what 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 he wants and showing it to people. I think yeah. it's yeah. In, going back to uh, we're just talking about you bringing on new people on the team. Sorry, and you're saying you're talking to them in the lift. Uh, what again? Probably is a bit of a tough question. I'm sure there's sort of a few obvious things like results and. Uh, that makes it draw somebody to your attention but what is some of the factors when you're trying to pick somebody from the team like what what are the main things maybe that really catches your eye with a rider um, 
you know, you're looking for those guys that don't really have a um, that ride and they're coming up through the ranks that you wanted to progress further, or you're looking, yeah, just what's that? I, I think our team uh, and and my approach was always a little bit different than some other teams that some other team are so result oriented orientated and focused so that they they will really like okay this is the guy that's gonna be the best result i'm gonna try to get him and just like you know try to get yeah. the best rider which mm. is something that or obviously I think want want and works like if, yeah. you, if you want to get your team to um to to perform like and be like getting the best results this is the best but for for, for me i think I always wanted to try to work with people that I could uh, help more than other. Yeah. So, and that I can, uh, that I think I could bring something that will match what they need. And, yeah. And and because we, with the house in Queenstown, uh, where we do like the camps since 2014, and with maybe my profile of writer and and some some of like <clears throat> my personality and stuff like that, I think I can work with with different people, people a bit more extreme and uh, on some ways. And so I was more like, okay, what can I bring to the people, and how can we work together? Yeah. And that will fit let's say our way of work and that will fit our sponsors mm. rather than just purely go and like, okay, this is the fastest rider and, and like purely go result results. Like with Mick and Tracy, we did like more than, I mean, yeah, 10 years of their career and yeah. it was through the ups and down and we were really complimentary about helping each other when it was down, you know, helping them yeah. managing their career and, trying to, to bring them something that was fitting to them. And I think this is what I, I'm looking at when I look at riders. Okay, this rider is in a position that maybe it didn't work out with that one team because it was too strict or like n maybe like too yeah. some something like one way or other. And then I'm just like looking at, okay, am I the best match? Is it something that, that can really help? Um, and then... I think this is how it works the best. And so that's the kind of, uh, obviously the result, it's one thing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is something that I try to think of. I'm, I'm not the kind of manager that I go talk to every rider all the time. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, sometimes there's a, a rider that's, that could fit and let's go talk to this guy. Or the other way around, when someone talks to you, you know, like they're motivated and that's something that is more like attractive as a team. Like, okay, this one rider talked to me. It means like, you know, he's interested. I'm going to give him more focus than yeah. maybe another fastest rider that, that probably don't need our help as much. Yeah. Because what, just what you're saying with um, Tracy, because results wise, <clears throat> I guess when Tracy and Mick came on, well, Tracy was coming from no results because she hadn't be racing, but Mick was at pretty much the top of the sport. Um, but to touch on Tracy, I guess she's a good example of somebody that when she came back on the team had that really good introduction and then it kind of tailed off in the middle. She was still getting good results, but wasn't quite there. And then what was the, was, it's probably again too hard to say, but what was the, the change that then brought her back and then to eventually winning the overall there? What? What year was that? 18 or? 19. 19, so 19. she won. Um, 
so far Tracy, it's every every. Because you rider. saw the hole yeah. from the top, kind of bit of a lull, and then right back and finishing on top was pretty cool to. Oh yeah, to it see, was yeah. amazing. With Tracy, it's an amazing story because I mean, for anything in life, the harder it is to get, the longer you wait, mm. and the better it tastes. So yeah. for Tracy, having that like late career overall win definitely tastes like a little extra sweeter but for her she she came in the team like winning a world cup super hot and then breaking her femur like huge injury Mm. and like overcoming that uh and then coming back uh the next year and still like being been great yeah and then i think at some point she she had like great results, um, but the injury, you know, the the pressure, the, the, the also the the personal environment. Like yeah. some year, you just got a relationship uh, that works, and you're happy in your personal life, and that that will make like more different than any like tire suspension. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You name them all, you know. Well, you look at every bike's got a different suspension tire setup, and as long as the rider's happy with it, then it tends to do well. Because you don't see, you kind of do see similar products on the top, but that's because there's only probably like three major tire brands that sponsor 90%, and then there's all the others. Yeah. But otherwise, it's... No, especially those days, like, I would say, like, most of the brand offer a similar product. Even mm. though there's some difference, it's just every everything will be very similar. But just to go back to Tracy... For for her, that one year she came and lived with me in uh, Queenstown, uh, and I think she needed a bit of a change from her own town. She needed a bit of like getting out of town, just just to reset for some of her personal, just like life. And she came and she had a bit of more of a relaxed approach yeah. and. She she just rode a lot downhill here and she just like party a little bit more, but she's still trained, but yeah. she maybe took it a little bit less hard on herself. She was yeah. still like super committed training a lot, but mm. just just like enjoying it maybe a little bit more and then coming to the air, just consistency, speed and not not trying to put too much pressure and she was right there and yeah. you know the ball rolls and then for her it was a big battle with Rachel yeah. and, and and she you know she had, she was like winning a lot of quality and in race like that season she finished maybe like a couple of tenths of Rachel and Four William and <laughs> it's just like wow you know like you, you just, you're just there you yeah. know and she was just uh, leading or close to be leading the overall and then you put pressure and then sometimes you just need a little bit like of luck or not being unlucky I would yeah. say and she was not unlucky she didn't get like that injury that took out some other people mm. she she um, she just stayed consistent and bring it home yeah <laughs> no it was pretty cool to say and now uh, going back to what you said about how chilled out she was, I think she's doing a lot of the commentating, but she still raced a lot of the crankwork stuff as well. Yeah. And getting podiums and winning crankworks downhills. Yeah, yeah. Which she just is, shows, you know, I think she's fully laid back and been able to do what she wants to do. Exactly. It, I think it shows what what goes into as a performance on the don- of a downhill racer. It's, 
it's it is definitely a different sport than some traditional sports where the physical and aspect is so important this is a confidence game and uh and then tracy been retired not training as much but still physically obviously like uh yeah. capable yeah having just the confidence to go make make her make her just do good and, yeah uh, and i can tell you like she wants some crank works but it's not like she goes there and she just just as well yeah, yeah. She, I, I mean you talk to her you talk to her the money of, of the race you'd be like yeah she she gets she she still gets the pressure she just, yeah she just when you race her like yeah. that and when you want like her, you just you just still want to to win so she was still like put that much pressure on her but look the if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's not like the the, the, the bad result doesn't come with as much pressure so it just make it like a just a, a bonus yeah so moving on to this year's team have we got <coughs> so tracy's still part of the team yeah she's was she doing a bit more of managing so last well last year she was she was up let's say team manager on the yeah. paper she was team manager and i was a team director team owner um but this year she she will step back from that a little bit uh let's say uh, she's still going to be involved in organization helping um on the background but uh on the races she will step back a little bit more because her being uh, a racer and having done more like a managing last year i think she she found that she loved some of it but she, she don't see herself being like a manager yes. in career so she, she, she kind of took the decision, okay, I love some part, I don't love some part, but I don't think it is what I want to do long term. So mm. we, we bring her back uh, and we're going to try to do with Tracy more of different stuff, some coaching, yeah. more e-bikes, more media. I'd like to say she was good at um, the commentator. Yeah, so yeah. So I thought she was, and she got better each round as well but she even got, the first round she was she was awesome I no, thought pretty funny something that is great with Tracy is just like she will put the work uh beyond whatever she do and like commentating she was just just fired up and learning and practicing and mm. uh, and yeah I think I think she's she's bummed uh, that uh the Red Bull he switched because obviously she loves the, the Red Bull guys yeah so they were such nice guys and she she was good at it and she, and people appreciate well she had like a good personality she wasn't too she, it almost to a certain degree looked like she, she was winging it which I'm sure she wasn't but it was just showed it wasn't didn't seem like so like structured and she wasn't like like a, just a stone like reading off a sheet like she was really good to watch and yeah no and she funny, was yeah she was great i think i i think there's still some stuff that up in the air with what red bull, red bull gonna do with broadcast so hopefully she, she she's gonna still be out there doing some commentating um but yeah it was it was great for her to do mm. that and uh yeah so with tracy this year uh she's gonna do still some crank walks some other fun events mega avalanche last year she got a huge crash mm, that's do a it. shame but she's still good. She, let's call it like I think for her, her this year, a year where she's gonna try a lot of different things just to see what a future could look like and yeah. and and try to yeah just try to point a direction where she she can keep, keep progressing doing, still in some in some, some other line. other professional ways yeah um, and so the rest of the team we've got um, is Kaya Hearn still on yeah yeah Kai got George George. Um, who else did we have? I don't know. Vanessa if I met... Petroska. 
Is she new? Uh, was she, she on it she, last year? She was last year with us. Uh, she got injured in Monsantan, uh, but she did the beginning of the sh- yeah. season. Is she a junior or is she elite? Women? Junior. She was junior one last year. Yeah. And um, next year she's going to be junior two. And um, obviously for her, she, she comes from Slovakia and she had like amazing youth results and a lot of raw speeds. But um, I would say last year was a bit of a learning year where oh, you come to the World Cup and mm. it is a different game. The yeah. practice, the time you have, like just the pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. So she, she's a great rider and uh, she got like fourth as uh, the best results uh, last year as a junior one. And I think um, all the girls uh, are now moving to elite. So we, are, we have hope that she can awesome. she can keep learning and, and get on the box um so so this is uh this is like a big potential for yeah. us for, wicked yeah and she's gonna come to uh to queensland everyone's gonna come to queensland yeah um then we got sam Reynolds still oh yeah yeah sam because uh, the team always been doing different stuff with enduro and free ride and he's he's the og he's the man yeah he's the man he's the og he's <laughs> he's uh is a man that um, everyone loves from kids to um, to like I don't know people outside of the sport. And yeah, is just the nicest guy and He's getting good personality. Yeah, yeah, you know some sometimes you meet some people uh, that you see you know online and when you see them in real life it's just a bit different. But mm. him is more like he's even nicer. Yeah, real life than he is. Uh, I uh, got to see him. I I don't know him super well, just a little bit through coming through Queenstown. But like you say, I've seen him at Mega Avalanche, and that personality is exactly what you see on the telly. Is exactly what you get when you get get next to him. Such a good character, especially when you get him and Ben Deegan together. Is a <laughs> it get too much sometimes? <laughs> you can get a bit. Uh... Yeah, those those guys from the UK, you are there's a certain numbers uh, you don't want to put them too much together. Yeah. Because then they, you know, they they want to be like who's gonna be the coolest, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, they start to do them quite a lot of dumb stuff. So you got Sam. You so you got the three races. You got Sam. Have you got? We got another junior. We got a a, a youth a rider from Germany. Uh, yeah. So Vinci Vodan, and he was with us uh, the last couple of years but obviously when you're so young you just help a little bit but not yeah. too much because it's just you want to have fun you want to progress naturally mm. now now being like um yeah a cadet youth we're gonna step it up and uh, and uh, just try to bring him ready for junior world cup yeah uh, so that's so this so he's got one more year in youth and that'll two be two more years actually oh it's two more years yeah, in yeah, so it'll yeah. be a couple of years so yeah so is this a sort of development program from your team or is he just kind of part of the team is, is to a certain, obviously he can't come to the races as such because he's not racing but he is definitely like the development part of the team yeah uh, we don't have like such a develop development separate team like other brain have now we just have one team and and within the one team the riders have different goals and some of them we can call it like vinci like early developments and mm. then you can have like vanessa junior that's still a different development in a way when when you're junior one you know but yeah. you world cup development so yeah you well you, i feel like that development it almost just keeps going until you're getting to your the position you want to be in really <clears throat> yeah and it's at... all the riders have a different um career progression some people mm. will like 
just progressed so fast when they 14 to 16 they rock up to junior they are like winning machines mm. and then some some riders take a bit more time and they just need to find their their confidence and I don't know, Greg, uh, Mina, he, like he had some early years, like for yeah. example, win, but then like some some other people like Bernard Kerr, for example, it just yeah. like the beginning was struggling a bit. Yeah. And Benoit Coulange, same things not coming out. Uh, and and same with Sky Iron, for example, like mm. rocking out of uh, winning a world champ junior in Mosentan and, and having the first year elite just a bit hard. And yeah. then... When last year he got on the team, he like did did a lot of progression, get like twelve position in Monsantan, more consistency, and then yeah, I think I think definitely um, starting young and uh, being fast young, um, if you have the possibility, take it, do it. Yeah. But um, otherwise, that mindset of progression can be applied through through your career. Later. And so is that the the team? Yeah. No. So you, they're coming to Queenstown. Are we going to get any videos? So one of my highlights is the team videos that comes out. Yeah, we are, with COVID, we, we, we put a pause, but uh, I feel it's time to get them back. We, um, yeah. we, got, we got a couple of ideas. The problem is topping up, you know. When, yeah, you've, uh, you've hit the standard pretty high with the last The last one, each I, year. We are, it's a lot of pressure to, yeah. to make it better than the last <laughs> one. So we, we're going to do something for sure. We are still uh, we're still uh, looking for uh, some last minute ideas. So, if you have an idea, if anyone has an idea, please send me a message. We will do uh, anything um, for for just uh, making something Cause, fun. Because that's part of your other the other thing that keeps you busy is the film yeah. side of things. Yeah, so it's a production company. Yeah, do you so you do a lot of work? You just released that one with Shimano. Yeah, was it? And that, but that was filmed before COVID. Yeah, saying. it was just filmed before COVID. Yeah, it took a long time to do the special effects. Looks, I was gonna say, is that like, yeah, the special effects on that is, was that is that like really big budget then when you start playing with that sort of stuff, or is it time consuming? Bit oh, of this one project was yes a big budget because it was like four four weeks of shooting and just building and and like phantom camera and then a year and a half for special effects. So so that one like was one of the biggest projects we've done with the agency for sure. And, um, but yeah, it's just as uh, a production agency is really like another business that's complementary from the team because we can, we can like use uh, our people to do some of the video. And mm. this is why it's easier for us to do team videos because we get full-time people. Yeah. But on the other end, it's uh, a team business is, is, is quite a, it's quite stressful and it's not the most, let's say stable and, like it's 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 a business because obviously we got professionals on, but yeah. in but it's it's still like a passion project. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the production agency is definitely more like a, a professional side that that get get a bit more of a stability financially yeah. and um, still fun because we do those, those so many fun projects. Have you had to put it a bit on hold through COVID or? Um, not Is really. It, not really. It's... It was, it was, um, it was good because for some reason, we we had let's say some of uh, our small projects that were put on pause because mm. some so many little small projects, but 
the only project that stayed on the table was a big was a big project so we yeah. could we could focus on some bigger project and that kind of like led us to do like quite a big of uh so some big project bigger mm. project and uh it was busy so no that was that was still good and france was on lockdown but still you could have like authorization to go out and do like work work yeah. so it was not uh, let's say too hard from the business side awesome i think so moving into next season now we've got the the big changes of discovery taking over yeah what's how have you found that so far just with the did you chris ball did a quite a good podcast with um downtown the other day did you have you i, I, did, to I to didn't that? hear to the podcast yet yeah but i i've been a team manager in the manager group and having mm. meetings and i i uh, we had meetings with chris ball so I, I mean, I already spent quite a lot of time on that topic, so, yeah. but I think I'm going to still catch up. So what's your feelings with like coming into the season? I guess it's, is it a lot of the unknown still? Is it, are you feeling more now, more information's been coming to you? Are you getting more confident with how it's unfolding? Yeah. I mean, there's some, some, so many points to, to touch on yeah. that, but we definitely have more information now. Um, my feeling is is split into i am excited about some potential change of trying to get uh, a better a better like um organization something that you come and it feels like more like a, a big show and yeah. having having even more people coming to the races and 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 connecting with enduro making a bit more clever uh, working with all the disciplines i think there's a lot of opportunities there yeah and there's definitely i think space to do better on the other side there's so many points that i think it's it's just um a bit a bit tough for us to swallow and and the way it's been done it's sometimes just it's it feels like we just uh this is a highway i mean it's the their way no what is it their way or the highway their way yeah. or the highway it's uh and and uh and even though if there's some communication um right now there's not really much say there's it's, no debate on it's there's this debate but um it's more like oh yeah this is what it is we have to do it we have to take tough decision and yeah. And and uh, some stuff sometimes are just not I think the best for the interest of the team and the rider. I have no doubt that ESO have the best interest like us to make the sports go. Mm. So we all on the same page. We want to get the best of the sports, but uh, on the other side, they don't have the same interest as team and riders to share the potential growth or to yeah. share the risk or to give like a backup and and we seeing it uh, already with a team fee and what we can do because yeah it's uh it's straight up the first thing that was actually announced was doubling or tripling the fee yeah and then when you talk to them say no we're spending so much more it is what it is can we negotiate it not really it is yeah. like that yeah. and yeah. um and then yeah okay i guess this is yes this is it do you and think that's just for them to build up an, an initial revenue and this is just the easiest way they've seen to do it or do you think there's more i mean 
the way they explain to us is like as I invest more and they need to get the team to uh, to participate more, which is something that makes total sense. But uh, on the other end, the position of teams and rider right now, if the product of the sport that they own is is having success, there's nothing coming back. Yeah. Um, if they if they sell uh, a paywall, there's nothing that's uh, gonna come back to the riders of the or, or the team. So, I'm I'm personally all up for investing, but when you make an investment, you, you expect a return. You expect a return. Yeah. And right now, it's more like yeah, you guys need to invest, and it's gonna be so much better and bigger that you're gonna get more sponsorship. Yes, there's an indirect um, thing that's gonna come mm. back to us, but it's absolutely not guarantee. Yeah. If it's not coming back, there's nothing for us. And what I'm a bit worried about is um, making the sports disconnected from the fans and the fans that has been building up uh, through the last 10 years yeah. of Red Bulls. And, and then selling the dream of the TV yeah. to people and using those lot of big words, you know, big, big, like, yeah, um, this is like Warner Brothers. And like, you know, you, 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 you big, big franchise and you like, wow, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but is this going to be on prime time on some of those uh, channel or is yeah. this going to be on the sub channel at like uh, uh, something that no one can actually uh, see? And is there going to be a paywall? And those kind of stuff are things that I've been discussed, but at the moment, uh, being involved with uh, the team discussion, I will tell you the biggest problem that I think we have is us teams not actually fighting for more yeah and um and um and when there's i say fighting it could be more like walking f and and like trying mm. to get a counter power on. yeah yeah i i'm just i i'm on those meetings i i raise my voice about trying to to uh, to set up for more to try to get more for us mm. but it doesn't seem like it's shared by a majority of teams and yeah. it seems like People are happy just to not uh, try to get too much more, but keep keeping just like, you know, we this is what it is. We'll see what we can do rather than it's be a, like, yeah. hey, we are the people that needs to 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 propose more for our yeah. sponsors, for a rider. And yeah, I don't think it's in the culture of the manager right now. And I think being in, like, say, been in the sport for so long and probably has had... There's probably been changes that have been made through discussions that you've had with the previous, like well, with UCI or whatever, organising the races that to, have changed and then to, to get that. Yeah, to be fair, there were not much discussion um, before. And that was something that that was always criticised through the teams. It's, it was more like, oh, we, can, we don't talk too much. But on the other end, it was more like complaining, but no one really would just push too much to, uh, to to talk to them. When COVID happened, there's this WhatsApp group of teams I created and start, we started talking more to UCI, but now, now there's more talk with ESO, but you will be surprised by uh, how much communication they were. Yeah. And um, and how much involved teams are in the sports. There were no environment for the last 10 years. Oh, uh, yeah. But overall, 
something that was happening is the sports were growing. So I think it's just like, are oh, you a team manager? You're like, it's okay. We, every year right. the sports grow, the budgets grow. There's no really need, you know, to be like starting to shake things up because everything mm. progressed. So I guess progression. it was more like, yeah, you know, the sports is just growing. Everyone are happy yeah. and everyone happy. Kind of like why change a winning team? Yeah, sort of. and every, people are happy with what they have, and it's a bit of a oh, we could get more, but on the other end is, but now with so much change, I personally think it's an opportunity to. To be like, okay, now we're setting things up for eight years. Uh, mm. This is the, the length of the deal. It's time to step it up. It's time to, to, to let's say, be responsible managers and really kind of try to, to take uh, our side of the corners, which includes the sponsors and the yeah. riders, and, and try to, to get them a little bit uh, more. Mm. Uh, but again, you know, it's... Um, if there's five teams or three teams that are just happy to to, to push, yeah. it's not going to go forward. You need a majority. Everyone. Yeah. How do you think this is going to affect um, series like Crankworks? Have you heard many people kind of looking at Crankworks being an alternative series? Or will the, do you feel like, is it probably too early to say that you, the downhill is always going to be the pinnacle and that's where you're going to want to put yourself? Yeah. Could you ever see Crankworks becoming the pinnacle of downhill as well? Because that's got the whole show around it with slope style, pump track, <coughs> whatever. So it's already got that show element. And a lot for us, if a spectator turns up at your crankworks, they've got so many events to watch as well as downhill. Whereas a downhill, you've only got the downhill, but you've got the best of the best that you're about to the, see. The, the, I think the problem with crankworks is, is about the riders. Uh, if... Uh, if there were really so many things going wrong with e, uh, ESO and the new organization, that, that it would be like a total disaster and that it will come to the point where um, our sponsors will be like, what is this? You guys need to do something. Then maybe, you know, teams and, and the riders will be like, oh, okay, we have to do something and, and go to extremes. And then Crankworks will be like, okay, we go to Crankworks and we all come to Crankworks. But... Unless, you know, there's something that force everyone to don't raise a World Cup, it's going to be very hard to get Crankworks as the pinnacle on Daniel because mm. you just have a lot of work uh, going behind the scenes to be ready for the World Cups and, and just adding Crankworks to the full schedule for all the teams yeah. can be a challenge on, oh, on travel yeah. budget. So. So I, I, I love Crankworks. We go to the, all the Crankworks since 2009. And, yeah. and I think the more races, the better for the sports. But on the other hand, you talk to riders, uh, they, want, they are hyper-focused and they're just like, okay, some of the riders, they just want to focus on World Cup, that's mm. it. Some of the other riders take Crankworks into preparation races yeah. and stuff like that. But I think Crankworks is great. It has this space. And as many top riders can come, the, the best. But if we talk about uh, getting something on the same level of the World Cup, it's 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 gonna be hard on the downhill side. Yeah, definitely would take some time. I guess. The, and the the final thing I want to touch on. There's heaps of changes, but the biggest one to the formats probably is with the semi final. Yeah. What was your initial thoughts on that, and how? I mean, yeah. I I'm like, I guess my opinion on the whole thing just to stop, take the pressure off you a second, but it's like, 
it's just it is so hard to say until it's been at least had one year under its belt. But to that, if they can, as long as they can put their money where their mouth is in terms of giving people the exposure, that because that's the is that the aim with the semi final as far as I was aware to try and get that more exposure, or is it to try and help with the live broadcast? Yeah, and that's a very good question because. They are saying like, now we're going to have the top 30 and that's going to be the guy we see and race. Uh, and that's going to be like our final. Mm. But if you look at Red Bull, this is what already what was happening in terms of broadcasting. Yeah. They were already showing like the top 30 riders. So as far as someone watching the sports, you don't have to go through 30 riders you're not interested. You really still already had the top 30 riders. The only mm. thing that was happening is, yes, when you will start the show, you will have someone holding the hot seat and, yeah. you, will, and you will have to watch this, this um, race run in replay. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, that was like a replay of the hot seat. Mm. And what they are doing is like they're essentially just not changing much in terms of broadcast because it was it's the same people you're going to see. It's just more like, OK, this is going to be no one, no one before. And uh, and, and that's it. So is there, a man, is there a protected riders for that 30 or is it going to be whoever does get make it through that? Will there be protected riders into the semi and then the semi is what puts them into the final? Or? So at the moment, the protection riders are only for uh, the semi-final like as a top 20 yeah uh, but on semi-final uh i need to double check but i think there's only five rider that's secured to get in final, final every time so, so there's not much protection and there's a lot of time on uh, speak uh, discussion on the groups with uh, riders and manager but there's not many protection and i mean I get the point of what they try to do. They try to be like, okay, this is the final, that's the last 30 men. But one issue I have is with um, the sports being not as consistent in results as other sports. Mm. I think some people forget that from one track to another, there's a huge separation of, of results. It's not like you, you go, you take like Formula One. Mm. You, from one track to another track, the rider skills make a difference, but overall, it's you, you know that the fast people are, are the same. Yeah. And um, again, it's so I think when it comes to F one, the car plays such a such a big part yeah. into it. Whereas and with mountain biking, it's oh, you know what? Let's take more motocross. You mm. know, even it's like more yeah. closer to downhill. It's like you know that. There's still like a mechanical effect, but you know, like this is gonna be like the top ten, top five. Is they gonna be the same because yeah. they as a rider, um, so good. They so good, mm. and because there's a quite a big of a, a good consistency in between what they race one weekend to another. Mm. Whether than for us as a downhill, the track are, are, are very different, and yeah. you can get someone that is so good at fast. Uh, uh, like four William, and then someone that the other weekend is just so much faster Andorra, at like yeah. steep, and that create not a consistency in results, mm. and that's why I think it was so important for a sport to get the final more people in. Yeah, because you you just you know one weekend and another is not the same people, but the more you narrow the the final, the more you take out some of the people that you know. 
have a problem or yeah. could, 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 could like could be like not as good on one track but still are so relevant yeah. and 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 then if you talk about on top of like having the track difference uh, that that just like make a lot of mix yeah. you you had you add up the crash and factor risk yeah a lot of other sports have have room for mistakes mm. uh, a lot of sports like take them all like, yeah. whatever you name them all you can you can just do a bit of a off off track yeah even super crush you can go super outside the tough block join back on downhill if you go out the tape your, yeah. your run's essentially done and yeah. and so you essentially like is a sport with no room for error and you multiply the number of time you have to be there not making an error mm. you're just gonna you're just gonna have people that statistically that uh, crash uh, because it's just the nature of the sport. Yeah. And those people could be people that were like so good uh, and just are taking out and not going to be in a final show. And and that, that's just something that I think will just take a bit of the edge of the downhill. It's mm. going to go a bit closer to consistency and and people are able just to repeat a safe run. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you're going to get some people just going absolutely YOLO. Yeah, bonkers, I, yeah. It's just because, you, like myself, I was not like a, a consistent top 20 rider. I, I, I did quite a few top 20 all around, but, uh, or top 30, let's call it uh, like that. Um, and I knew I had to go absolutely bonkers yeah. to be like... Uh, <laughs> top 20 or top yeah. 30 so you're gonna get like 50 people that's just gonna be like okay we're at the okay. start uh they're gonna pray and they're gonna go <laughs> this is and then on the other end you have like good riders that try to progress at mid packs that that consistently there but they they're like oh my god like those other people that are not like that far behind me they're gonna go yellow you're gonna go crazy so they're gonna have to go a bit more yellow and then mm. you have like even like the top five and top yeah. Top ten, it's gonna be like, oh, this track is so fast that the gaps are so close that I cannot even make a mistake, you know. And it's yeah. just, I think it's naturally gonna take out some fast, exciting rider out of the final, mm. and I don't think it's gonna be what people want to see. It's probably yeah. when when you're someone you want to watch the best guy race, you you, you don't want to get like. Oh, one of my favorite riders are just because he had the flat or just yeah. because he had a little a crash and we'll see how they change the qualification but um i don't know it's um it seems like uh the goal is the broadcasting the tv and it's something that different from the racing mm. you still can get like some people in the broadcast like red bull were doing showing their run yeah without having to take them out of the race so We'll see. I, I, th I mean, if it was me, I would have done uh, a little bit different. I would have worked more like on the timing in between riders and get those 60 to 30 a bit more stuck together. Yep. And that's it. You know, you give them the, the chance and, yeah. and just, yeah. Yeah, that, that was going to be pretty much answered what I was, the one thing I was going to ask was if it was up to you, what was that one thing? But <clears throat> I think I'd agree watching from... Uh, I'll watch you obviously be at the race watching most of them live I watch most of them through Red Bull TV and the one thing that annoys me is how long the broadcast takes and yet you only see 30 people when you know there's people already riding especially when the women finish and there's an hour of nothing until the top 30 start and then it kicks in with almost like a recap of what's already happened and 
if you've been watching it, you already know because you only watched it an hour ago. So these, and even talking about some of the downhill stuff as if nobody knows what it is as well. So which I understand in terms of getting new people into the sport, they're going to have to sort of talk about a few things in layman terms to so people understand what they're saying. But at the same time, it, that takes away from somebody that does know the sport and just is there to see the riders. And the more you follow the sport, the more names you get to know. And then when you're not seeing them in the broadcasts, you, you, I don't know, it's just not as yeah, it's not. not quite I as mean, it's not as fun for someone that follow my people because, you know, you, the reason why you um, you bum to not see some riders is because there's so many stars. Um, mm. You 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 can name like you look at the results shit. You just like wow, like fifty people are actually like let's call it stars um, i mean not like superstars but they they had a moment and yeah. you want to see the race so but on the other end what they're gonna do is gonna help what you say between like putting less time in between the woman and the man because yeah. it's gonna be it's not gonna be like the 30 riders and that weight so that's gonna help them it will be good in that respect but Again, hey, I guess uh, those guys that want to make some change and they want you to, to try some stuff. It's it's more like, um, yeah, sometimes it's um, feeling like they try to run before they walk on uh, on putting some priority into yeah. into like what's what's gonna happen and what what is the priority? Do yeah. we, do we want to start and and focus on improving the broadcast and then we see and we touch to the sport taking one one focus at a time rather than maybe trying to shake too much things at, mm. at one time um but yeah i uh, i'm excited for the first round that's that's for sure anyway yeah it's gonna to be see. different it's gonna be exciting yeah i'm always excited for change even if it's sometimes like a bit if you don't agree with everything you hear i'm always excited to see what somebody makes of it yeah. and then you can really spread your opinion i guess once you've seen it in practice yeah it? we're we're hopefully it's going to be easy to watch that's something that that yeah. at the end they haven't released yet exactly how it's going to be but it's ba basically we we're heading towards a paywall where you have to subscribe to mm. watch online otherwise if your tv has a deal you might be able to if espn or something like yeah, yeah. so and um it's just going back to the audiences it's just like it might it might just like discourage the core audience yeah. to watch and um i still have question of how much more uh they're planning to get or how they're gonna plan to get this new fresh mm. fresh uh, people uh, into the sports because of a paywall why yeah you, you why like you pay for something you don't even know exactly about, yeah. it's just um yeah okay what, what is the game plan to get people to come into uh to that paywall or what is the game plan for tv to uh to get those people excited about the sports uh i i, I think i think one of the issue we're touching is that is probably the biggest issue is mm. like we're speaking with big companies and there's a lot of politics that goes beyond what a lot of people um, can, I mean, know. And those like distribution agreement and package and like so many like big distribution deals and is 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 like mountain bike down here really uh, the, the, the focus to grow or mm. is it part of a package that 
that is like okay we want to get all this all the cycling yeah. into our channels and we got downhill and is it gonna be a priority yes no is it just gonna be falling into into something that you know it's like just you say that kind of backdoor kind of yeah, yeah it's just like is it gonna be like uh cross country first and then dawn is second is it just is it gonna be like into that wild arm of cycling like uh package where is it gonna be road cycling that gets the prime time racing mm. and us not you know I, I don't know i mean i don't know actually how many disciplines those guys have signed now they yeah. have the right of everything but probably going to end up having multiple events mm. at the same time yeah i think that that's my main worry is more like we we get kind of just pushed back and yeah. um there's no question asked uh, i mean there's no question about why the sports grew it was thanks to red bull and freecaster yeah it was freecaster 2009 2011 that but back Daniel Rob in, Warner yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like from uh, because you ask me a lot of questions throughout um, you know the history of the sports that I think if you just like watch the growth of the sports it's pretty simple mm. start from the beginning the sports is new it's exciting it goes mainstream you know all those big deals with like in the 90s with the big brands Nike yeah. Grundy like boom and you like yeah <laughs> when ma mainstream then all of a sudden, like it just not become a, a, as cool. There's a bit of a, of a crash, 2000, in a 2000. Mm. Maybe I don't know what was the crash of the internet or whatever. I, I'm, I was too young to understand. So the Americans stopped winning so much, maybe. <laughs> the Frenchies, Nigo Vulio started winning and the Americans lost interest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was a lot of parameters. I think people just realized uh, they were dumping too much money in some stuff. But anyway, it crashed. Mm. And then it was like 2000 to 2009 it was rough like the sports were just like you will watch earth you watch a couple of online videos that was it yeah you know? and then freecaster arrived boom he put back daniel and people were excited and it's just like it, it started really growing the sport. yeah 2012 red bull took the the um, uh, broadcast and then it's just like every year they were putting more work more work and yeah. they Gruesome spots. The, no, no one else. At the end, the broadcast was. I can't even think of how it started, but yeah, the, those final broadcasts, although there's, so there's still those little points that I didn't like, it was pretty. It was a full show, though, which was quite. Which was good. But yeah, if I could just have a bit more riding, I would have been happier. But no, yeah. But, it was uh, good. Yeah, so now we're to the point where our spots kind of like grew mainly because of the of the live stream mm. of course there's social media and 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 just naturally the, the sport of mountain bike being uh, more accessible through e-bikes better trails bring more people but and now yeah we might go away from one of the main reasons that was a success and uh, the other plan um is is quite risky mm. and um you can see with other sports like wsc, WSC like the rally yeah. car it's not like a, a magic yeah. uh, formula like hey let's put it on tv behind a paywall it's gonna be huge everyone's gonna love it yeah so that that's that's as someone's i've been there and i love the sports that's something that i think it's it's uh it's a bit of a big risk but we'll see hey when's the first round 
It's a lens of hide uh, first week of uh, June. June. Yeah. So yeah, not long, but we'll find out. Um, I guess we'll probably start wrapping it up. But is it true that you used to be a snow bike racer as well? Oh, it's no scoot, yeah. Yeah, and we were pretty good at it's no scoot, huh? Four, four, five time world champ. I yeah. forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah, it's been uh, it actually the first sponsor of the team when I launched the team. Yeah. Uh, Black Mountain was a brand of full suspension snow scoot that were quite innovative at the time and making snow scoot easier to ride they they sponsored the team because i was riding them and uh, i end up kind of taking it seriously for two or three years yeah and uh yeah i mean it's i'm i've been world champ because of, i mean it's yes i've been world champ yeah sports, sports <laughs> well, four is sport. time, what you said four time world champ i think five, five. I, think five. I, I cannot remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like jerusalem border cross uh many and i think i got one down here uh but yeah it was um a side a side little passion that uh grew into uh something that i was good at i guess uh, to be fair the sports was is amateur always been amateur and i came in with um there's a professional, uh, let's say, preparation of mountain bike. So I was really at the top of my shape mm. um, and uh, just bringing some some a bit of different riding style uh, with a suspension, full suspension, just uh, having just a little bit more grip, uh, just like putting a, a bit more like drift into yeah, it. And like the, the Rossi or the Mark Marquez of the snow, yeah, snow bike world. Pretty much. And also, you know what, just <laughs> pumping, pumping like scrubbing um and yeah i was just like shop to the race uh, national champ i finished third i was like wow and then they said like oh, yeah, i got to world champ and the world champ was in canada my first one it was a super cross ice track you like <laughs> most the most like Darling. dangerous lethal yeah race you ever done because of like minus 20 and it's just like those guys were like in canada so stuck they yeah. made like oh. it was like basically who can ride it like without dying so how many people did you race with a uh other people at the same yeah, time yeah, down it, the was, track. it was border cross uh, i think it was six yeah uh, and then uh six and four um then dual salon yeah. so normal dual salon and downhill but you on the dual salon your separate tracks or separate track, yeah. salon, but the border cross was it was just yeah, was that the oh. the gnarliest one it was gnarly yeah it was gnarly yes that was fun that was fun and i actually now i i, I live uh my new home is Quamish, canada and i brought back my snow scoot there and uh Get back the good old uh, yeah. scoot. <laughs> do you get funny looks when you get on the lift? Or oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. The lucky I've been. Uh, they obviously don't know your your history. No, yeah, I mean you it's kind have to of, tell them. No, <laughs> world I, champion. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't like to, to to say that because it's just like it's such a small sport. It's 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 done as a joke. But um, I, I, you know what? I still I'm still proud of it because. When, when it's a world champ uh, mm. start, even though um, it's not the biggest sport, you still like the get in the gate the and you're just like, okay, it's world champ. And you're still like, okay, I got to bring it home. You yeah. know, so the pressure, <laughs> like you put on yourself, is still yeah. pretty high because you'd be stuck to, to say it. Um, yeah, I'd never turn up to a line wanting to lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, people, people are just like, oh, what is this? And um, in France, it used to be popular 
couple of years ago. Um, but I mean, skiing is so much easier, so much like yeah. bigger that, um, yeah, they, they just don't know. But uh, yeah, I turned up to Whistler. They uh, do a couple of laps on the snow scoots. They just uh, just wondering what the, what these things is. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> epic. Yeah, but lucky I'm French. Uh, we we uh, we've been raised not giving uh, a, a shit about what people think. Yeah, that otherwise you know won't won't not be able to do that yeah. because you don't look the coolest uh, on track for sure. And you, you just pretend you can't speak English as well if anyone asks. <sighs> I, I pull that sometimes, but yeah. um, I pull that to get them out of trouble, yeah. mostly. <laughs> you know, With a ski patrol. Yeah, oh, sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I cannot take the, this lift. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's an easy one. It's pretty convincing anyway. Better than my attempt at not speaking English. Yeah, yeah that's one of the advantages to know another language, getting, yeah. getting away. <laughs> with uh, a little bit more things sometimes but yeah it didn't work in France if you tell them that you only speak English that gets you in more trouble so <laughs> what, what, what do you mean I, I thought the French people love, love English, English people. Yeah. yeah you'd think so <sighs> being so close to each know. other I don't know never mind well we'll wrap it up there stoked to uh, get to sit on the sofa of a world champion and that was awesome to talk a bit more about the history of it yeah that make me feel odd. I'm gonna go go nurse my log back, eh? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Switch. <laughs>